Hello everyone and welcome to Nanayas Music, a place where we explore the intersection of spirituality and child psychology and how to use it with practical strategies to support the spiritual growth of our children and their overall well-being. So join me, your host Nanaya, every Thursday as we delve into these together. Thank you for not skipping, but rather listening and learning to understand the children in your lives. The title of this episode is Each of Us is Unique. We want to look at the uniqueness of every individual, every human being on this planet, every human being in this world, everyone you come into contact with is unique in their own way. We all go through life being put into categories, classifications, systems, groups. We have various labels on us depending on what stage you are in, what career path you find yourself in. There's a whole lot we have going on all these which we've come to accept as the norm. In fact, when an individual tries or begins to stand out among a group of people, that person is seen as the weird one. For instance, we go through the educational system being put into classes and further into groups based on our learning abilities and then taught by a teacher. We are given a set of rules which is to make the job of those in charge or in control easier. This overlooks the uniqueness of each child and must undermine the abilities of some of the children while it raises the abilities of others. I believe we all know and understand how our educational system has been set up. It doesn't matter which country you find yourself in. Some of the regulations we put in place on how we run our academic institutions sometimes groom some of the children and the rest of them, it doesn't really help bring out the uniqueness of them, doesn't really help to bring out their talents. I know lots of institutions are doing their best to be able to see to all the children they have, but in most cases, that doesn't really become the end result because you have about two, three, and even in some places, just one teacher, handling 20 students or more. And so the time that particular teacher or tutor or instructor has to take to be able to see to each individual child, it doesn't really exist. Because we want to handle them as a group, get our job done, and then we move on to the next. Some instructors, tutors, teachers, or whatever, and we might want to call them take their time to be able to see to the needs of each child they come into contact with. But in most cases, that isn't what actually happens in our various classrooms. And so in this particular setting, you have a sector of the children being groomed to be their best, whilst the others it doesn't really have any impact on them. Some of them, it even pushes their talents back. It makes them even hide themselves more. And we all know this isn't what any academic institution sets out to do. 
They don't really set out to intentionally undermine any child or push their talents out, but the system in which we find ourselves, sometimes these are the results we get. So unintentionally, we have some children hiding, pushing down, trying to let go of their talents, depending on the kind of academic institution they find themselves in, depending on the tutor or teacher who is handling them at that particular time. And then with others, they're able to sail through and then have their talents on earth. So in such a situation, we have the uniqueness of each child sometimes being overlooked. And this might also undermine the abilities of some of the children while it raises the abilities of others. This particular situation I just described doesn't only play out in the educational system or in academic institutions or in the educational sector, but in every sphere of life. A lot of us become so accustomed to being in groups that we easily feel lonely when we are by ourselves. We are so used to being in groups. We are so used to having people around us every single time that when you ask an individual to have a time just for mindfulness, just to sit by themselves, to breathe, just do breathing exercises, no thinking, no talking, no picking up of a cell phone, <laughs> sometimes it becomes a bit difficult because we are used to having noise around us. There's so much noise in our society these days, not just from human beings, from the, but from the various devices we have around us. And one of them which we seem not to let go so easily are cell phones. And so when someone even have the opportunity to be just by themselves, not to be distracted by anything, not to allow in any distractions just by themselves, enjoy the scenery, the environment they find themselves in, breathe in, breathe out, taking the aim, just enjoy the nature around them. We find ourselves fidgeting, trying to see if there's something new we can read, something new we can pick up. Indirectly or consciously, we pull these distractions to ourselves, even when we find the distractions out of our environments. We would unconsciously invite the distractions in by ourselves because we are not used to being alone. We are not used to being alone. And being alone sometimes makes us feel lonely. We don't like being by ourselves. Lots of people do not like being by themselves. Now, these days with the rise of spirituality and meditations, we have people who are now moving into this practice gradually. It's a gradual process. We have people being conscious of just spending time by themselves. But when you look at the general sphere, when you look at the situation we have globally, a lot of people do not like being by themselves. Some also easily push themselves back. Whenever their inner being, their higher self, wants them to rise above a certain status quo, or when they have an idea that is a bit different from that of the group they find themselves in, 
or they just want to be by themselves, just want to be themselves and not like anyone else. A lot of us in such situations will instantly start running lots of questions through our minds as to why we want to go on a different path and what others will say about us. Unfortunately, that is one of the things that pulls a lot of us back from moving forward, from improving ourselves, making our something better for ourselves. Because we keep thinking of what people around us might think. What will people around us say? We give ourselves the questions and then project it unconsciously onto other people. So when you step out and you have these questions now being thrown at you, you then say to yourself, hmm, I thought they might ask this, and they really did. Not knowing that we projected these questions out because we initially thought of it in our own minds. Sometimes we become too conscious of how people will see us, what people will think of us, questions people will ask us when we try to step out of line, when we stop being like everyone else and let our own uniqueness shine. When we find ourselves in a particular group, we want to be like everyone else because that is more comfortable. No one looks at you strangely. No one starts asking you questions, making you think strange things about yourself, making you think you are weird or quote unquote, you are the black sheep. <laughs> Everyone wants to conform, or rather, let me say, most of us would want to be comfortable where we find ourselves. We don't want to poke the bear, so we don't want to poke the bear, so we try to just move along with what society takes for us. Despite all these things that are going on around us, we questioning ourselves even though we might want to step out of what we are used to, the fact still remains that each and every one of us has been created uniquely. And so we do not have the same path. We are unique beings and as such should be guided as unique individuals, not with a generalization as in the norm in society. Even twins born on the same day, same hour, and within the same minute will be born in different seconds. Science has made us aware that every human being on the earth has unique fingerprints. So even if we are from the same race, same country, same ethnic group, same parents, etc., there are things about each and every one of us that makes us unique. Even amongst twins, very identical twins, there are unique things about them that their parents or those very close to them would use to differentiate between them. It doesn't matter how alike they look. It doesn't even matter if they have the same mannerisms. There would always be something that would set these very identical people apart. Using astrology as an example, a number of people born in the same zodiac sign will have different life paths and personalities based on the time, place, and positions of the planet when they were born. 
So are we not doing ourselves a disservice when we don't let our uniqueness shine? Do we all have to be the same every single time? Taking a look at a home, for instance, we have parents or a parent and a or a guardian with different personalities and the children also in the home, each with a different personality. So in a home of about five people, we have five different personalities, five different life paths, five different destinies. The fact that a child will have their parents around them in the home setting doesn't mean the child and the parents have the same destinies. Each of them are unique. Each of them have their own life paths that they need to follow. In this home setting, for instance, if the adults are to treat the children the same, some will flourish whilst others will not, just based on their personalities. So even in terms of astrology, just looking at the personalities, we are not looking at the life path, we are not looking at um, the destiny, the career path, all those things, just looking at the personalities. When all children in the home are treated the same way, some will flourish, others will not. When all children in the home make the same mistake at the same time, each of them would need to be handled differently based on their personalities. The fiery ones would not mind being pulled into the corner and then giving very strong warnings or being disciplined amongst their siblings, the very calm ones would mind being corrected in front of their siblings. They would prefer to be pulled aside, spoken to calmly about what they did wrong, how they should correct it and stuff like that. So, looking at children who have committed the same mistake at the same time, each of these children would need to be treated or handled differently so as not to affect their mental health, their mental growth, so as not to affect their mental processes, and also to be able to nurture their souls. So they come out to be who they were really created to be and not create a whole shell around them and hide within that particular shell. Now, even if it's just one child in a home, understanding the uniqueness of the child will help the parents or the guardian guide the child properly to avoid any traumas or incidences that might affect the psychology of the child. So looking back at the example I made earlier on, where you have about three children in a home, all of them have made the same mistake at the same time. Just based on the personalities of these children, some of them will not mind being corrected amongst all of them, in front of all of them. Others, based on their personality, would mind. It will start making them feel either inferior or want to make them withdraw from the group so as not to be corrected in front of them at any particular point in time. Based on the personalities of each child in a home setting, 
even how they play based on their personalities will be different. How they communicate with each other, how they communicate with the guardian or parents, how they communicate with other children in the environment when they go to school, all of this will be different just based on their personalities. There are some who are very outgoing. They don't mind making friends just when they meet someone. Others would pull back a bit. They are withdrawn a bit. They want to study the environment a little bit before they start opening up to make friends. So each and every one of us is unique. And how we are treated, how we are guided, how we are handled, or rather, let me say, how we handle, we guide, we treat the children in our lives shouldn't be the same for each and every individual child. Now, the only way we can be able to do this is when we really understand and know these children. As such, understanding the uniqueness of the child or children we have around us is really important and crucial to their development as individuals. This is also to help us as parents or guidance to understand their mental processes and behaviors and go a long way to aid us in guiding them to be well-developed adults with great mental health. Understanding how unique the child or children around us are also helps us to teach them more about themselves. And this goes back to um, a previous episode when I made mention of the blueprint. When we understand them, we know them better, we're able to teach them about themselves so that they also understand some of the mental processes they are going through. They also understand some of the characteristics they portray. They're able to understand sometimes the emotions they are exhibiting. When they understand all these things, they're able to know which of them are their strengths, which of them are their weaknesses, what they should work on to improve and what they should even use more because it is their strong suit. Understanding how unique these are, therefore, is really important. As the children learn more about themselves, their strengths and their weaknesses, they then learn how to use their strengths more and challenge themselves to work on their weaknesses thus improving themselves. This would also help them to know more about their interests and what resonates more with them in reference to their careers. So in us as parents or guidance, getting to know our children and understanding them, doesn't only help them to just nurture their souls, to help them in their spiritual development, to help them in their mental development, but also helps them on their career path with the knowledge they would gain from these processes, the children can then move smoothly on their career path that they will flourish in and enjoy great mental health in, not one that they might hate going to every day or wouldn't even feel fulfilled in. When they get to steady themselves, get to know more about themselves, get to know what resonates more with them, and then they're able to choose the right career path for them, they go into these fields and enjoy working in these fields. They go into the various career paths they will choose and feel fulfilled in it. It doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like something they just have to do to be able to bring money in. 
but it's something they do with joy, with gladness in their hearts, and it doesn't weigh them down. And when they are in career paths, that resonates more with them. Their mental health even improves more because they don't have anything weighing down them. They don't have any negative emotions that are pulling them down. That makes them feel like they, they need to get out of such career paths. But then because of financial issues, they realize it is not a great move to make. Now, instead of getting into this phase in adulthood where there are so many decisions to make and every decision we make in life has its own consequences, isn't it better for them to know in the earlier stages of life so as they grow up and become young adults, they already make the right decisions? Sometimes making mistakes helps us gain experience very important or precious life experiences. And other times also, learning from the mistakes of others that have gone ahead of us also helps us to shortcut our learning processes and to prevent us from also making costly mistakes that those ahead of us made. So being a very loving and caring parent or guardian who has children around you, you are guiding, you're taking care of. I believe there are some mistakes you have made that you wouldn't want your children to make. If they can learn from your own experience and move faster in life, wouldn't that be better than to let them just hit their heads against the wall, making mistake after mistake, carrying so many regrets along the way, and then making a U-turn back, finding their right path, that would be so much time wasted. In that time wasted, they would have moved ahead if they had all this knowledge, if they were able to put all these things into practice and have an enjoyable young adulthood. So we should remember that every child around us is a unique individual and should be guided in their uniqueness, not asked to be like everyone else or not asked to be like others. That also brings up the topic of comparison, which we might treat later on in other episodes, where comparing one child to the other doesn't really help because every child is unique. The uniqueness of every child should be celebrated because they have these characteristics, these particular traits for a purpose. It is to aid them on their own unique life path. And since we all have different life paths we are supposed to take, we can't compare one life path to another life path. That's all for today, everyone. I believe I've left you with something to think about. So thanks for joining me on this journey as we explore practical strategies for nurturing the different personalities of the children in our lives. Until next week, thank you for listening and learning to understand the children in your lives. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and a question if you have any.